Welcome to The Real Zodiac, a film retrospective podcast dedicated to reminding or introducing you to some of the most iconic films of all time, stirring up memories of ones you forgot or wish you could forget, and every film in between. Your hosts will be your tour guides and sometimes companions along this journey down the rabbit hole. Be warned, though, there will be blood, guts, more than a few bullet casings, love, despair, tears of joy, and cries of agony. Some from the hosts themselves, because some of these movies will make them wonder why did they choose these movies. Good luck, oh, and of course, enjoy the ride. We're going to be a tough team to beat. Now you come along for the ride. A tough coach. He turned losers into fighters. Enemies into friends. I play, coach stays, he goes, I go. Challenges into trials. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential, in my book, we're going to be winners. Hoosiers, it'll go straight to your heart. Rated PG. Hey guys, and welcome to The Real Zodiac. We are back in our sports slash martial arts, and uh, with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Amanda. Hello, hello. So, I think we had a really fun time last week talking about Kill Bill. Oh yeah. (laughs) I think we're moving into a different direction with this film that we're going to be doing today, but... I'm really excited to talk about it. Oh, yes. Me too. And we are blessed. And, yeah, hear me right. I said we are blessed to have with us a guest who's been on before. He helped us in our sci-fi last year with Upgrade. Uh, Please welcome back Kevin Shanks. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, dude. it's. I I know that you and I have talked a couple times. We've been wanting to get you on but we just wanted to make sure that everything fit together and we're so glad we got you on a sports film hey i i this film that we're talking about perfect film to talk about for me (laughs) yeah that's really interesting because i remember uh we talked a little bit and you said if you guys are ever doing hoosiers um give me a call and i thought perfect we'll get them on and i know that we uh, know that you are a big sci-fi guy. Like you, um, have kind of talked about that a lot on other podcasts and you're also a pretty big music whiz. So I know that whatever we talk about with this film and also just in general, like you're, this guy knows his stuff. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to preface <laughs> and say that this guy knows his stuff. So tell me why did you choose Hoosiers? All right. Um, I grew up in Southern Indiana. I played varsity basketball in Southern Indiana, rural Indiana. Um, this is what this film is. Um, this film is small, small town Indiana high school basketball. And I played in the one class system that is depicted in this and, and what this kind of story has made famous throughout the years here in Indiana. Um, this is, Basically, the story of every young boy, every young girl in Indiana that um, grows up 
and plays basketball, you watch this movie, you live this movie, and it, up until about 2000 or up until about 1997 is when things started changing. But the one class system that's depicted here, and we could talk about that later, but um, that that is what we lived in junior high, high school, and so. I've got friends who live uh, played at the the high school that's depicted in this um, in this movie. I've I've played in a lot of the gyms that were here that were shown in this movie. Um, been all over the state, so uh, it, it's just a, it's a perfect movie for a an, an Indiana kid, really. Wow, I did not think that it was going to be that closely tied. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I, yeah, it really is awesome because it, this is, I mean, honestly, this is my favorite sports movie of all time. Um, and if, if you knew me back in seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th, 11th, 12th, all the way through high school, basketball was my favorite thing. And this movie, I mean, it, 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 it was everything to me and it still is everything to me. So I can't wait to actually talk about more of it. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. Like I'm getting chills just <laughs> like getting ready for this conversation. Um, but let's, let's ask Amanda here. Cause Amanda, have you seen this film before? Um, not technically. It was on at my sister's house a while back, just kind of on in the background. But this week is the first time I actually sat down and watched it from beginning to end. Okay. Yeah, this is my first time ever even hearing of this film. And really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So watching this was really interesting because I went in knowing nothing. And it was really funny because I sat down and I was talking to my wife and I said, hey, have you seen the movie Hoosiers? I need to watch that for uh, for the podcast. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I love that movie. We saw it in high school. And I was like, what? Like they, they watched it in health or gym or something. And oh, cool. she says that like, it, I don't know, it's just something that she really enjoyed. Like it brought her back to high school. And um, so it was really weird to have these people like like you, Kevin, and even my wife that like had a close connection to a film that I'd never heard of, you know. And so <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm really glad that we're talking about it today. But I did not expect and I'm showing my hand a little bit the impact that happens in this film to hit me so hard. Like this film is not even two hours long. Like it's a little shorter than two hours. And I felt like I went through a ride with this film. So before we get any further though, I do want to say that this film was directed by David Onspaugh. And am I saying that right? Do you, do you know if that's the right uh, pronunciation? As far as I know, it is. Okay, just making sure. Um, this was his, uh, if I'm not mistaken, his directorial debut. Yes. Oh, wow. So he's gone on and did other films such as Rudy, Hill Street Blues, St. Elsewhere. Um, but, yeah, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know that this was his first film that he's ever done. And way to go. <laughs> But um, it's written by Angelo Pizzo and stars Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey, Dennis Hopper, Sheb Woolley, Chelsea Ross, Robert Swan, and a bunch of other actors. And 
first off, I do have to say, like, seeing Gene Hackman in this film, I think the film that I know him really well in is um, Superman, whenever he played Lex Luthor. But mm. seeing him in this role, it was really interesting because of, like, his development throughout the film. But I'm really glad that now I've seen another Gene Hackman film where he's not playing kind of a... <laughs> 70 to 80s bad guy from Superman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he he's such a terrific actor. I mean, um, if you even just go back and look at his, dis- I mean, his filmography, all of the movies out, even outside of Superman, I mean, just such a fine actor. And I mean, he does such a great job here as well. And I mean, he plays that small tone coach I mean, to a T. I mean, yeah. it's perfect. And, I like it because throughout this film, we'll kind of uncover more of his story. And I think that's really good that they didn't give you everything right out of the, right out of the gate. Um, it took its time with this film. And I'm glad because we're like, we're peeling back layers on this coach, Norman Dale. And I don't know, like it, I'm, I'm glad that they took the time to do that because Gene Hackman does it perfect. I feel like, and kind of what you were saying, Kevin, like he was just, I felt like he was definitely built for this role. Yes. Yeah, he's um I looking back at the movie now, I don't know of anybody else at the time who I would have I mean, I to me it's a perfect casting. I don't know who you would put in that role um here in what 86 um that would play the the role of Norman Dale any better. That actually leads to my next question. If we did do a reboot, okay? Not saying I want it. But if we had a reboot, who would you want to play now for Normandale? Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Let's think here. Yeah. That's something <laughs> I've, I've never thought about that. Um, <laughs> jeez. Amanda, I'm going to ask you, too, so have your answer ready. All right. Oh. I'll have to think. I'm trying to think here, man. I... But it's it's such an iconic role to me that I can't even think of anybody outside of Gene Hackman. Um, right. I agree. Um, now, we, we just saw Ben Affleck in The Way Back. Um, it, that would be an interesting way to, to do this sort of movie. I mean, mm-hmm. him as a basketball coach. I mean, that was a completely different movie, um, uh, topic-wise, but... I. It would be interesting to see him in this sort of role um, and and kind of swap out the, the alcoholism of his role and his issues that he had in that movie with um, just being straight up coach in, in like a, a movie like Hoosiers and then having the alcoholic portion played by somebody else, as in what happened in this film. Um, oh, I gosh, I'm going to have to think more on that. That is yeah. a difficult question. How about this? We'll come back to it at the end. Yes. <laughs> I think that'll do. be good, um, mostly because I don't want us all to just sit here and think. But, uh, yeah, I, I want you all – I want even our listeners to be thinking about who would you pick if – and plus, if you haven't seen this film, please press pause, go see it, and then come back because we are going to spoil the shit out of this. So I want to make <laughs> sure that we uh, address that right away. But since, Kevin, this is your film, where do you want to start with it? Um, I honestly, when you're talking about this movie, I think you have to talk about what it's based on. Um, 
the movie itself is based on a true story. I mean, Indiana State basketball, high school basketball, it, it has really been a storied thing for, I mean, 80, 90, 100 years. Um, and the importance of this movie is that it showcases why we had the system we did in the state. Up until 97 is when it changed, but we had a one-class system. I'm not sure if both of you are familiar with high school basketball in your areas. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, in, in most, I mean, in pretty, pretty much all states now, um, you are playing in a s- class system based on school size. So enrol- enrollment size. So you have the small schools in their own class, mid-sized schools in a class, and the large schools in their own class. Um, Indiana was one class system for about 87 years, um, up until 1997 is when it changed. And I was a uh, junior in high school, or sophomore in high school, sorry, um, when it changed. Um, so we played in, I played varsity basketball my freshman year. We played in the one-class system, and then my sophomore year, we played in the um, multi-class system. Um, it was, and it, this story basically showcases, and it is based on the Milan High School's 1954 team. They went on to win the Indiana State Championship, beating very large schools at the time. Milan had a very small enrollment um, they were very similar to like where I went to high school. I graduated with 47 other kids or 47 total kids in my class, um, I, which is a pretty small rural southern Indiana school. Um, Milan was similar to that. Might have been a little bit smaller, um, but they went on to win the championship. This is what that story is. This is the movie is loosely based on it. There's some things that are changed. There are some things that are similar. Um, but uh, the movie is based on a true story, which is the important thing to to remember, because that's why this movie is so st- I mean so held in such high regard to a, with a lot of people um, is because it is based on a true story. These people that were in the movie were based on real people, um, uh, and the school still exists. Milan High School, the school which this is based, Hickory High School is based on still exists and they still play basketball just much like every other high school does here. So, I mean, that's where I would start would be, Hey, it's a true, it's based on a true story. Again, things are changed a little bit, but there are still a lot of truth in this story. Okay. I didn't even know that this was based on a real story. Um, I mean like that even just builds it up a little more for me because with the struggles that you see throughout this film and just through the characters' perspectives, um, well, I should even say the players' perspectives, I mean, this is something that they probably would have never have dreamed of with having a new coach and starting out this year. Um, just thinking about it, like, wow, that is that is insane. Amanda, do you have anything you want to add? Mm-mm. No, it just, I mean... Uh... I grew up in a small town, so yeah, definitely watching some of this reminded me of my small town and just <laughs> the importance of the sports that happen. And it just has a different feel, like it feels a lot more real compared to something like Varsity Blues. But um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Like it, 
it does have like a, a a basis of realism that you can almost follow. Like it doesn't feel like too much is strayed from what actual teams, mm-hmm. I guess, in this setting would face. You know, it, and that's very true. I mean, I mean, even growing up, I mean, in the '90s, uh, playing basketball in high school and and all of that. I mean, all of the same stuff. I mean, there were. I mean, I I heard those same speeches. Um, from um, coaches regarding when we get into it, 15 measure, get, take the measuring tape out. It's 15 feet. It's 10 feet. The rim's the same as it was back in your home gym. Um, mm-hmm. Caravans to, to um, high school games. Um, the entire town shuts down in small town Indiana. Um, it it a lot of the same stuff still occurs, and and that's what makes it a I mean, it's such a, again, I'm going to say perfect movie to me because it encapsulates old school days, old days in, in um, lore, and then it still happens to this day. Um, a lot of that has been transferred over to the modern times, even with the uh, transfer to a multi-class system. Um, that we see these days since 1997, Indiana has been a multi-class system. So kind of that um, storied, hey, the, the little guy can compete with the big guys in the big schools and take them out and win a state championship um, no longer really exists because we're multi-class. But back then it was still, hey, the little guy can compete. And they did win in 1954, Milan won state championship. Um, and that was the last time. It actually didn't happen. Um, after Milan won in 54, um, no school with an enrollment under 500 had won ever since. Wow. So wow. it was, it was kind of like a one and done type thing, but it, it, it was kind of like that, hey, there's the chance that a small school might step in and be able to, uh, overtake one of these large schools, these powerhouses. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I can't say enough good about this movie up front, um, mainly because I, I just I, it's one of those things that again, living in in southern Indiana, even living in I mean central Indiana, in northern Indiana, wherever you are, basketball is still king in the state, um, even if we've changed systems. Um, so yeah, it's a ah, this is one of those again perfect movies for me. <laughs> I love that. Um, do you care if we kind of get into the actual players? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yep. it's, it's nice because, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for us, but bad for them because there's only seven players to have to like focus on. And, yes. um, I mean, like I said, that's great and bad, but I'm, I'm loving these kids. I mean, right away we have Buddy Walker with Butcher, um, Raid Butcher, Merle Webb, Everett Flatch, Strap Pearl, and Ollie McClellan. Seven oh, Ollie. kids. I love Ollie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, the game where Ollie uh, gets those shots, I don't think I've ever, like in the history of any like sports movie, was screaming, come on, man, like out loud. You know, like I was so invested in these characters. And I think it's just because from the very start, you can feel a connection with Norman Dale and these kids. 
And you get it in that first practice, but I mean, like, throughout the film, it's only getting stronger. And you don't really have the back and forth that we had in Varsity Blues or, I mean, a little bit more in Remember the Titans. I feel like from right away, we get these characters or these players and this coach and they work together as a unit with like not that much friction as you would see in other films. I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think that the players themselves, I mean, they were modeled a little bit after some of the um, players on that original Milan team, but a lot of it was, I mean, creatively, I mean, orchestrated. They, they made up some of those players, I, but I, I love, I love that you have, I mean, you have the, you have the, um, devoutly religious guy on the team. You have the underdog guy, the undersized guy. You have the one guy who's got, um, uh, parental issues going on. I mean, which we will definitely talk about that with Dennis Hopper being in this movie and him playing shooter and his issues. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, um, you have, all of these different characters with different traits that, I mean, sure, they seem a little overly stereotypical. I mean, you have the one person here and they fit all the holes, basically. They, but it, it, it makes for a, a really a great team dynamic when you look at it. And it, it makes for a better overall story when you have that many different types of characters in the movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, without even talking about, I mean... Jimmy Chitwood, I mean, he, I mean, the overall star of the movie, honestly, yeah. um, that's, I mean, they're, they're going after Jimmy. They want Jimmy to play. Um, and he did such a great job in this film. I just, I like to call him out whenever I talk about this movie because that actor, I, I can't remember his name offhand. Um, I believe it's, I mean, he's not, I can't remember what his name is, but, he only had like four lines in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and, <laughs> the one big speech. Yeah, yeah, and, and Quote, unquote, I think <laughs> yeah, and I think three of the four lines were in that one speech um, when he was when they were voting on to retain uh, Norman Dale as coach. I mean, so he just had one other line the entire movie. I mean, he portrayed that role so well without having to say anything. Yeah. Just through facial expressions. I mean, mannerisms on the court. And I mean, to me, I love the way he he played that role. And I always like to call him out as as kind of a a person that I I look at in that movie and I say, hey, such a good job. I mean, sure. Next to Gene Hackman, next to Dennis Hopper in this movie, who got an I believe he got an Oscar nomination for this um, for his role. Um Next to those two giants, that guy who played Jimmy Chitwood, fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name was Maris Valenus. Yes, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but <clears throat> you're right. I mean, this this character kind of comes, you know, like he's, he he kind of introduces the the realm of basketball in this film. Um, with everybody saying, Jimmy's not going to play. You can't make Jimmy play. We need Jimmy to play. You know, like it's <laughs> his name is thrown out so much before you actually even get to see him do anything. And like you create this persona of who this guy is. And he's just this quiet guy who plays basketball. I mean, that is 
that's smart to do and not make him kind of like an arrogant asshole, I guess, whenever uh, he's seen on the court. Like, he loves the game. You can tell. Yeah. I mean, he spends his time shooting hoops on his um, small basketball hoop out, I mean, in his yard. I mean, he's playing on a dirt, I mean, dirt court. I mean, he just spends his time shooting, shooting in the gym, shooting on his court. Mm-hmm. And he's quiet. I mean, it's it's a great character. Mm-hmm. And why wasn't he playing basketball again? Or I I think they just I think they explained that it was just to focus on schoolwork to kind of mm-hmm. leave, get out of town basically, get out of the small town. Yeah. Um, and then and then um, I believe previous coach had died as well if i remember correctly okay um and he was kind of sad after that and he, he left the team to focus yeah. on school okay that's that the coach that's had died and he wanted to they kind they kind of wanted him to hey there's more to basket more to life than basketball let's 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 get out of small town indiana and do something with our lives because um and we're going to talk about her in a second but um the the uh, other teacher said that um, Myra Fleener, sorry, yes, she said that you know she doesn't want him to end up as as a fifty year old coach here in Indiana, yeah. and I think that really resonated with uh, Coach Dale because you know it felt like a jab to him, but at the same time, like he's here to try to make a difference because he's had a checkered past mm-hmm. and. I think that really shows whenever he already has such a good relationship with uh, the principal, Cletus Summers, who, bless that man, um, <laughs> like they, they have a camaraderie, com, geez, camaraderie already whenever uh, they meet up again. And I don't know, like I, I like that Coach Dale feels like he's kind of out of his element here. But at the same time, like he's trying to get back into a sort of normalcy that I think was taken away from him for a while. Oh yeah, definitely. And I like how they didn't um, get too much into his past. The way they revealed it was just kind of just later on in the movie, and it wasn't like in your face. Kind of like yeah. nowadays. You'd be Googled a hundred times by each person in the town. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it would it would take flat zero seconds for them to figure out. Now, what did this guy do before this? You know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's where you're stuck in that because this is portrayed in the fifties, which I mean, like throughout the whole film, I didn't really get that because I wasn't focusing on, I guess, the era, but just mostly what we were getting in the story, but. Yeah, like every like it it took me after like I had to flip back and I looked at the scenery more and I looked at the cars and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the 50s." Like it just didn't <laughs> register to me cuz I thought this was just made in the present uh 80s, you know? So I don't know. I I adding that aesthetic where it doesn't even like and please tell me if I'm wrong in saying this, Kevin, but I didn't see like a title card that said like in the 50s, did I? No, no, yeah. I, I I don't believe there was one. Um, I mean, there are those small 
small things if you, if you're paying attention that I mean obviously with the, the cars vehicles that sort of thing but even if you look at the basketball court there's no three point line on the on the mm-hmm. on the court I mean things like that where I mean three point line didn't exist until the 50s um so I oh, or gosh. until the, the late 50s if not 60s gotcha. um, see I didn't even so know that I believe it was Oh geez, I believe it was they experimented with it in like 57, 58, and then I think it didn't actually get added until 62, 63, somewhere like that. Um, I, in 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 actual college basketball, high school basketball, and even in the pros. Um, but um, I, the like the I believe it was the. American, the ABA, the American Basketball Association added it first and experimented with it. And in the NBA, they didn't actually add it until, oh geez, I think that was like 78, 79, 80 is when they adopted the three point line. Wow. Um, so I mean, even, even things like that, that, hey, you don't even, you don't see a three point. I mean, it's, it's historically accurate. So, um, which I, I always enjoy because, um, it, it's always something if, if you know, when these things come in, when you when you know that the three point line didn't exist, and they're playing a game in the fifties, and the three point line's there, it just takes you out of the element, takes you out of its time, the setting. Yeah, I uh, could definitely this, see that. This was this was. I mean, to me, this is this depicts small town Indiana still to this day. Right. Um. Let's talk about Myra Fleener just for a minute. So she gets introduced into the film as a fellow teacher and she really hits it off with the coach, you know, and (laughs) like I, I'm going to say right now, never did I see like that romance. I just said romance in the weirdest way possible because I was going to say romantic. (laughs) Uh, I didn't see a romance blossoming in any way. And maybe it was just because I was looking at the age too much of 18 years of between the actors. But, um, I did like, I just didn't expect her to be a sort of love interest to coach Dale. And I'm not saying like it ruined the film for me or anything, but I don't know. I just, I didn't, care to have like a love interest in this you know because i was so focused on the basketball aspect and like the story there um Mm -hmm. but what did you guys think of of just her character and then what we see later on in the film um same with you quentin it was to me it was unneeded yeah i (laughs) like when happened yeah when they kissed or whatever i was like <laughs> and she goes back in for another kiss. I was like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> it just wasn't believable, but um, I guess, you know. Yeah, to each their own. They had to throw it in there, I guess, to get more people in the theater or something like that. But, um, yeah, no, she kind of just plays the same character in a lot of things where she's always kind of like, I don't know, kind of like, not cruel, but not happy, I guess. Yeah. Didn't she play a medium in the Insidious films? Oh, wow. That's or, uh, I can't. Is I, that her? I, yeah, it's the same actress. Um, I know she was in Black Swan. She's the mom in that. Right. And then. Hold up, um, hold up. Is she in The Conjuring? No, 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 no. No, she's, yeah, she's an Insidious, if I remember correctly. Yeah. 
she kind of looks similar to another to I guess the the mom in the Conjuring. That's that's why I got that. But um, yeah, like I I knew of this actress and seeing her in this film, she didn't really leave that much of an impression on me. Um, I mean, like I in the meeting where they have where they're e- either going to get rid of Dale or keep him. I mean, I felt some of the emotion that she had, but I mean, Kevin, this is. This is your movie. You say it's perfect. So I, I'm curious, what did you think of this uh, character? I, I, first, I want to say thank you for bringing that part up. Um, to me, this again, yeah, this is a perfect movie. But if I had to cut anything out of the film, it would be this romance angle okay. of yeah. the storyline. Um, and I believe, if I remember correctly, um, they actually cut out a bunch of stuff from the movie before oh. – I mean, I believe it was like a, it was like a two and a half hour, two hour, 45 minute movie, um, that they were originally going to make. And I believe there was a substantial amount of scenes cut that, uh, focused on their romance that added to it. Yeah. Um, I personally, I could do without it in this film. <laughs> I don't right. think it's needed. I, I think it's just, I, it was thrown in there and, Take it out. I'm, I'm, but I am glad you said something about it because it's it's one of those spots in this movie where I'm just like, eh, just didn't need it. It's unneeded. It's okay that it's there, but it's not needed. And I mean, just let's get back to the story. Let's get back to, I mean, Norman Dale coaching these guys. Let's, I mean, in the story of the team, this ancillary romantic storyline, hey. Could do without it. Mm-hmm. No, you're definitely right. I think uh, you summed it up perfect because the last thing I would want to see is them going on a date, them flirting and, and stuff. Because like overall, it doesn't really jive with the. I, I feel like the overall story and the message that this movie brings um, out overall. So I'm glad that we're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I was scared that I was going to stain something on this, on this movie, man. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad that we're all in agreement there, but um, let's talk about another character that is introduced in this film. Um, Shooter. Oh my goodness. What yes. a roller coaster. It, yeah. It took me two seconds, not two seconds, like two minutes to realize that that was Dennis Hopper. And then I was like, Holy cow. Like, oh, I haven't seen him in anything for a long time, but I don't think I've seen a movie with him so young or he looks just so different. Right. Yeah. I I was very surprised to see him in this film, too, because um, like he just he did. He looks so different, even whenever he did shave, you know, and like got sobered up, like it still felt like this was a whole different guy. Mhm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, I just again, I, I, he, he did such a tremendous job with the, 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 of course, acting as the town drunk. I mean, he, he has his alcohol issues, and, um, in, in being able to trying to be there for his son, but who's playing on the team, but always seeming to make a mistake. Always mm-hmm. seeming to um, screw up when he doesn't really need to screw up. I mean, it's always that 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 wrong move at the wrong, absolute wrong time, um, which we saw in the film as well, 
when he staggers in drunk and um, uh, during a game and gets tossed out and, and, and all of that. And I, but he, Dennis Hopper though, he does such a tremendous role, job in the role. I mean, you got to think too, around this time, I think he was doing um, Blue Velvet. Um, he had done, um, especially that strange of a movie. Um, he, he, <laughs> right. he, 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 that was, I believe the same year. Uh, I believe that came out in 86, um, as well. So, I mean, he was going, he was doing a little bit of different things. He was playing shooter and then he, he was playing Frank in, in blue velvet. Um, and he, but I, again, such a great job. I, I, I just great actor gets the Oscar nomination for his, I mean, supporting role in this film and um, didn't win, but he did get a nomination at least for it. And I, I thought it was well-deserved, um, but, but his, his story arc is, is one of redemption as well, uh, yeah. which is, uh, which is what is, I mean, is obviously needed in this sort of movie. I mean, you have your multiple redemption arcs and this is just one of them. I'm going from, Hey, he's again making mistakes. He's the alcoholic. He's always he's always screwing up. Um, and to hey, let's step in. Let's try to be given a chance to be an assistant coach. Get cleaned up. Eventually, make another mistake. Relapse. I mean, those sort of things happen. And um, and then try to make some room or make some headway with your son. I mean kind of reconciliation with the son and in the end. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, he, such a great actor. Oh yeah. And I love this extra layer that they added to the movie with this character. Um, because not only do we have like an underdog coach with like an underdog team, but then you're throwing in this guy who is an underdog of an underdog, you know, the town kind of looks, Looks poorly upon him, but yeah, <laughs> talk about coming out on top for just this movie entirely in the characters. Yeah. It's just really, really good. I think Shooter, no, I know Shooter was my favorite character to watch in this film because of just the, the, the redemption that you've said, both of you. Um, but it's just like when we're seeing him in the game where, um, Coach Dale, like, purposefully gets himself kicked out. And, you know, all of it is on, uh, Shooter. Like, that was probably one of my favorite scenes because you see that Everett is, like, looking at him, like, what, you know, what we need to do. And he goes, you're right. And, like, that moment that they both had together. Mm-hmm. And I think and, that, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and then it just clicks. Yeah, I mean, it clicks, and he's in the game, and he knows what he's supposed to do. It, it, it just, I mean, you can see that moment where he's like, okay, and then just boom, he, he knows what he's doing. Exactly. And, and, and I loved, in this film, I, I love how Normandale, like you said, he gets kicked out on purpose. He gets thrown out of the game on purpose. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to give him that chance to show him that, hey, you can do this. I mean, you can do this. I'm giving you this chance. You can do this. You can coach this team. You are good. You know what you're doing. You just got to have a chance. You just need that chance to show 
um, people that you can do this. And he did. I want to stop you right there, Kevin, because what you just said literally could go for every single character in this film. Give them a chance. Yes. Yep. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, like you look at every single character in this film and they all deserve a chance. I mean, even Jimmy, who, you know, is painted this perfect, perfect player throughout this whole film. He's asking for a chance at the end of, at the end of the last game. And like, that is amazing that us talking about this, I'm having this realization that, I mean, look at, look at the way that we look at, uh, Strap and Ollie and their game. Like they throw it up. I mean, it's great. And so I love that you say that because, I mean, even Coach Dale, he gets the biggest chance of being able to bring this team together and create almost a, a new jump start into the community that is, you know, up in arms about him in the first place. And to see where the development goes, like, it's great that everybody is getting their chance and they're succeeding. That's what you want in a good, you know, family movie as this. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's just a warm, feel-good movie. Yeah. And look, I'm all about downer endings sometimes, you know? Like, you need them. <laughs> because maybe maybe I'm suppressed in that way. But, like, I love having these feel-good movies, you know, as well. Um, and so I think that this was a great pick. And, yeah, I want to make sure. Am I leaving out any character that we need to we need to focus on because like i said i feel like every character needs to have their moment um to be talked about because every i feel like everybody was such a highlight in this film yeah i mean you we've talked shooter we've talked norman dale jimmy chitwood a little bit of myra um and just some of the other players i mean ollie the undersized underdog player on the team full of underdogs i mean he is the underdog of underdogs. He is the smallest of them. He he can't shoot a free throw overhanded. I mean, he shoots underhanded. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he you're rooting for him. I mean, you brought that scene up though already when you're talking about taking those free throws. I mean, in just previous to that, he he airballs a free throw. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. horribly. I mean, <laughs> horribly. I mean, yeah, I mean, six five six feet. Bef- I mean. Short, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is crazy, but um, and, and but he gets his redemption. He gets his chance for redemption, and he does. I mean, he comes through. I mean, he he he's given that chance, and and again, that's what this movie is. I mean, everyone's given a chance. Everyone seeks their redemption, but it's it's just so great to see that. I mean, especially these days. I mean, you do bring up downer endings and bleak movies and, and, and things like that. I mean, what you see these days, a lot of times this inspirational kind of storyline is, is something I think I need to see these days. Mm-hmm. I need to see, I need to watch this, especially, especially now, especially now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell well, you, we're this. all stuck at home. There, whatever's going on in the world. Right. But, I want to see an inspirational movie like this. I'm glad that you say that because, Kevin, I don't think this movie could have been more perfectly like put in my life because 
I'm ready for whatever happens for the rest of the year. I want I, hmm. I want to believe that you know we're going to get some positive effects and positive stuff happening um, for the rest of the year. And this movie like put me in a much better mindset of that. Even though this movie, you know, is what I can't do math. Uh, Thirty. What's Thirty years. years. Yeah. So I mean. I, I I needed a movie like this to help me, I guess, because yeah, you need that. You need that positive bump sometimes, and this one definitely fulfilled that. Yeah, it's it's again, I'll, I'm going to keep saying it because it is. I mean, it's it just to me, it's it's my favorite sports movie of all time. I mean, Varsity Blues that you guys just talked about on another episode. Um, Great movie. I, I love that movie. That came out my senior year of high school. I loved it. Love that film. I watch it routinely. But it's a lot different than this film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that one's definitely a lot more Hollywood and Texas up. Yeah. <laughs> this just feels, I don't know, just more wholesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but one character I'd like to talk about just a little bit is a Opal. Okay. (laughs) I thought she was adorable. And she loves her basketball. Oh my gosh. I think it's good to have a character like that where you're you're seeing it from the young point of view. You're seeing it from kind of the middle aged point of view and like with with most of the parents and like the the officer and the others that are just like like criticizing the coach's plays and all that. And then mm-hmm. you get the older generation that is just there for the game. Like mm-hmm. they just want to, they just love the exhilaration and the energy that comes with a basketball game. And I mean, I've seen that. I mean, with, with what I've watched at my, um, the, the school I, I teach at the, the basketball games there. And it's just, it's an energy you, you can't get in any other sport. Where like it's, I mean, basketball is one of the most high energy games there are. There's always something happening, you know, and so it's just it's good to be present in a basketball game. I feel, and this is totally all opinion, but I have the most fun watching sports when I'm watching basketball. Oh, me too, definitely. So my short attention span can't handle football or basket or baseball. <laughs> so, but yeah, and so. I'm glad that you bring that you bring her up because, um, she, yeah, she was super sweet and was always there. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where I think uh, if I could change one thing in the movie would be to <laughs> get rid of the love interest completely of Myra, and then if Opal was um, Jimmy's like caretaker or looking after him or whatever, if there had just been more uh, interaction between Opal and Coach then I think that would have been really fun to watch. Yeah, can we get Hoosiers the Opal Cut? Right. (laughs) Coming HBO Max 2022. (laughs) (laughs) They got to see how this Snyder Cut goes first. Um, But, yeah, I'm glad that you you mentioned her because, I mean, she is. She's just a very, like, minimal character that I would have loved to have seen more of. And, yeah, she felt like she was just a step away from um, uh, 
Myra. God, see, like I'm, I'm, I just, I forget her name because <laughs> she just, she's in this movie enough, but like she doesn't do anything really for most of the film, other than you know to fulfill that love interest to me. And so, like, I just, I, she's just a very forgettable character in a sea of great characters in this film. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree, and I, I, I would love to have seen more of her. I mean, that's, I, I mean, I like Amanda. I like your, your cut there. I like that cut. <laughs> I, I get rid of, get rid of Myra. We need, we need more Opal. Yep. <laughs> well, I just could see like the sassiness. I mean, like just because everything she. Just the little bits that she had to me were, were impactful. Just the looks that she would give or, you know, like the little one, one word comment, stuff like that. But yeah, <laughs> I just want to be that kind of old lady someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are there like any specific games you want to talk about, Kevin? Or what, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to go to the last game or, I mean, um, I I just like I I've mentioned it already but I I think the most iconic part of the film is I mean at least to me is when they're visiting Hinklefield house I mean they're they're I mean what's where Butler University plays still to this day um and that's where they used to hold the uh state high school championships they don't hold them there anymore they hold them at Bankers Life Fieldhouse where um the Pacers play Indiana Pacers play now uh, they used to hold them at, for a long time at where the Colts, Indianapolis Colts played when it was a huge deal. Um, but they played at Hinklefield House. And when they go there and they're walking into the gym and they're realizing how big it is compared to what they are used to. They're, they're, I mean, Hickory, they're used to their small gym with their small bleachers and their normal crowd, and you walk into a stadium that they're going to be playing in that holds thousands and thousands of people. And what does Normandale do? He basically says, go get a tape measure. And he tells them to measure from the hoop to the free throw line, 15 feet. Okay. Measures, puts Ollie up Mm -hmm. on um, his shoulders. I can't remember what's his name, shoulders. And, um, I says, okay, let's measure the hoop 10 feet, same height, same free throw distance, same height of the rim as it is at the gym back where you play. That's all you need to know. Same thing. And then just move on. We're going to play here. It's the same exact distance, nothing new. It's everything, you know, it's just a bigger place. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the most iconic scene in the film because I've had, I mean, I had coaches in high school that did that same thing. Um, and it, and it worked, um, back then. I mean, we're talking 20, 25 years ago, but that, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old, but, um, so, but, yeah, so old, but it, 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 it worked, um, when we went to these big gyms. I mean, we, as a, as a small high school kid, um, playing against some very large schools at the time, it, 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 it was overwhelming for a little kid, for a small kid. I mean, from a, from a kid from a small school going to some of these large schools and playing. Um, and just to kind of 
inject that moment of, um, I guess you want to call it a moment of levity, um, just kind of realizing that, hey, it's all the same. Just play the game that you're used to playing, and everything's going to work out in the end. Yeah. Um, and so, I again, that scene is, 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 is my favorite part of the film, mainly because it just shows me that no matter where you go, do what you need to do, and you will get it done. Yeah, I I mean, you summed it up perfectly. And I love his speech. I love the coach's speech when they're, you know, they're down points. And um, I can't remember if it was halftime or um, where where exactly it was in the game. But he says, like, maybe we don't belong here. You know, maybe maybe this isn't where we're supposed to be. But shouldn't we be? We're here. You know, like he's making sure that they know the accomplishments that they've made thus far. And I think that's something that's important is like they feel like I could tell like in the way that they were acting and in the way that they were playing that they were overwhelmed at first. I mean, they were getting just shot up. And mm-hmm. so seeing them come back like they do, you can just tell that each player is humble like they they know that they want to play the game and they get shit done. And that's just like such a wonderful feeling and rewarding feeling for them. And as a viewer, you're just in love with what's happening on the screen. Like this last game is just beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. You're seeing coach Dale, like God, he's, uh, you know, it's just amazing to watch. So I don't know. Like they really went all in for this last game and you can tell like the way it was shot. I, I applaud the movie with the way the, the, the last game was shot. Like it looked beautiful. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and I wasn't sure, uh, you know, yay, this had, you know, like they won in the end, but, um, I definitely, when they were playing that sub state game, I looked at the time on the clock, you know, and there's Ollie at the free throw. And I was like, <laughs> are they going to make it? Are they going to win this game? And I looked at how much time was left. I was like, okay, that means they make it because yeah. there's, there's a good 20 minutes left. Exactly. Like, so they're going to go to the next game. But I, yeah, <clears throat> just my anxiety was up for this. And I, I was definitely in it watching it and wanting this team to succeed. Ah. <sighs> I'm glad they did, but <laughs> Kevin, you picked a great movie for us to watch. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to you want to add on to the last game, Kevin? Anything? Um, I'm trying to think here. Um, not really. I mean, other than um, when um, Jimmy hits that shot. I mean, that's like his fourth line in the movie or something in in the timeout when he's like, "I'll hit it," because of course. Norman Dale wasn't going to give him the last shot. And um, he he said, no, I'm going to hit, I'll, I'll hit it, is what he says, and, or I'll make it. And um, I, that shot, that from where he hit the shot on the, on the court was basically the exact same shot in the exact same spot where the actual, um, when Milan won in 54, um, where the winning shot was made from. They actually oh, mapped cool. that out pretty good. And, and 
Um, Bobby Plump was his name, who hit the the winning shot in 54 to give Milan the state championship, um, hit the shot from a pretty much the, the same spot on the court. Um, so I thought that was always a nice a nice uh, way to do it, that they drew it up in the same way that the the, the real team won. Right. Um, the, the only other thing about the real story versus the story in the movie, um, they weren't necessarily as big of underdogs in real life. Um, I, they were good the previous couple of seasons. Um, they had made it to the state semifinals, I believe, the year bef- two years prior, and then they had um, I, I, the season before this one before Normandale comes in in, I mean, in real life that season before um, they had like gone, they had only won, lost a couple of games and they made it pretty far into the, into the uh, uh, tournament as well. Gotcha. Um, so they were actually a pretty powerful team, but the story is uh, still that a small school was able to win um, against large, large schools, but they, they weren't as underdog as they were portrayed in the film. Mm. Okay. But it still doesn't take away from the movie itself. I mean, no, no. You could go your whole life with not actually knowing that this film was based off, like, loosely off of a real story and still, like, take in everything. So I, I'm glad that you actually didn't tell me this before because <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I love the film for what it was, and to know that there's another layer peeled back that this was actually a real story, I mean, that just adds to it, you know? So, yeah. And I mean, obviously with movies, um, you have to, (laughs) you have to add that element of like, you know, just, uh, cinema, I guess, you know, just with the way you tell a story or else if life wasn't boring, then we wouldn't have movies. So (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Um, but I'm actually going to get back to my original question at the, uh, start of the podcast and I'll even go with mine first to even give you an extra few minutes, but yeah, a rebooted Hoosiers film. Who's the coach? I'm going to say JK Simmons. Ooh. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh man. That's a good choice right there. Yeah. I thought that... about it because I mean, you've seen him in whiplash, you know, mm-hmm. you've seen him be an absolute dick. And I'm not saying Gene Hackman's portrayal of this character is a dick, but like he, like whenever Gene, I mean, um, the coach, like he gets a lot of technical fouls throughout this film. And so like, I could see the sheer like anger that JK Simmons can provide in this role. And plus I love JK Simmons. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that makes me think of Ed Harris. Oh, another good one. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Hmm. Well, I am going to go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking of someone who can, who has, that I've never seen in a role either like this. Um. Someone like a, I would like to see someone like a, a, and it might be a weird pick, but someone like a George Clooney or something. I was thinking that too. 
Like I Someone went through George Clooney that. like that. Yeah, like like somebody who's older, obviously, but still has that suave feel. I would I would totally see that love story then. Throwing <laughs> 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 some Clooney, I'm there. You know, so yeah, I, I mean, like that too. A, there was another movie, another basketball movie, it was made probably 15 years ago, Glory Road. Um, geez, that was Josh Lucas, I believe. Um, he played. Um, Don Haskins, coach of, uh, University of Texas El Paso, um, in the movie. Um, he, I mean, he did a great job as well, um, as that coach. Right. Um, but he's always, obviously already played a coach, so I'm not going to pick him, but I would, I'm going with George Clooney. Okay. <laughs> and to our listeners, email us, comment on the, uh, on our, on our page, our, our Facebook. Let us know, uh, what, actor you decide or i mean you could obviously go with jk simmons as you know your your overall pick because i mean that is the best one no i'm just kidding <laughs> but uh that yeah. is an inspired pick <laughs> i i actually I, I love that pick honestly thank you thank you i'm glad that i'm glad that it got a little yeah yeah a little support there um but overall is there anything else that we really want to talk about with this film before we rate it oh let's see I'm just trying to think if I can throw anything out there. I love those high top chucks. They're oh, rolling. baby. Did you <laughs> so actually play basketball man. in those? No. <laughs> I would, my feet would be killing me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, um, other than, I mean, I did meet Angelo Pizzo one time in life. Do tell. Um, um, he was on, he was in Indianapolis and he was on campus actually, my undergrad, um, because he was getting an award, um, that night. They were, the college was giving him an honorary doc- doctorate. And I just happened, they were having a gala for it. And I just happened to be walking past the place and it was him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I just said hi and I, I, I kind of recognized him and, and I, I, I said hi, and he said hi, and I just said I loved loved Hoosiers and loved Rudy, of course, because he actually I mean, he was screenwriter and producer on both of them as well as um, and Spock was the uh, director on both. Um, but yeah, I was able to meet him once, just kind of in passing. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot much more. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Other than, I mean, it's it's a rite of passage. If you're living in Indiana, and this is very cliche, but if you're living in Indiana and you're a, a junior high school kid, you're going to watch this movie multiple times. And then by the time you're in high school, you're going to watch it probably 10, 15, 20 times. <laughs> Just the way it is, especially if you're from southern Indiana, um, rural southern Indiana. Um you are, or you're gonna see this movie a bunch in your life. It's, I say, Southern Indiana, you, you can't escape John Mellencamp, and you can't escape Hoosiers the movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad that we did this film. So it's only um, it's only routine to go ahead and rate this thing. Um, Amanda, will you do the honors as our lovely? co-host and female to go first um i'm going to give this a 2.7 okay (laughs) 
And Kevin? Um, I'm giving this three. Three point <laughs> zero reels. I mean, it's it's it, it's one of my, it is my favorite sports movies, so I can't I can't rate it any lower than that. Right. I'm glad that look, dude. I'm so glad that we could have you on to do this film. Um, you surprised me with this with this uh, with this film because, like I said, I've never heard of it before. But yeah, I'm I'm going to suggest this to our basketball coaches for middle school um, to to show the students because. It's a great film, and like you said, it's very uplifting. So I'm going to have to give this a three as well. Like, I did not expect myself to enjoy this film as much as I did. And nice. Yeah, so like, Kevin, thank you. Thank you for showing us this film. <laughs> so, and, you know, Kevin's really good at picking movies, not just for other podcasts, but his own podcasts and his Twitter account. So, Kevin, I want you to plug everything that you can for our listeners, please. <laughs> All right. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, at Forensic Talks Guy. That is my personal account. Um, I do have one podcast where I talk about music and movies and have good conversations with people. That's Nobody Asked You, Kevin. Um, I also have a science-based podcast uh, called Dose Makes the Poison, the Toxcast, where I talk about drugs and poisons chemicals in the news kind of forensic science in relation to what's in the news and uh pop culture as well um so you can find those pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts um yeah so yeah that's where you can find me you can find me on twitter you can find me on those podcasts um yeah <laughs> <laughs> kevin you know that you're a great friend of the show so we know for a fact we have to have you on again oh i would glad gladly come back anytime um, I was going to suggest uh, not not for you to do this movie, but if you liked Hoosiers, if you like that sort of movie, um, especially kind of a basketball film, uh, there's a documentary film out there um, that was made in 2013. Again, it's about small town Indiana basketball. Um, it's called Medora, M-E-D-O-R-A. Um, it was kind of a, it was a crowdfunded Kickstarter documentary. That um, was basically profiled a um, high school team, Medora High School in Medora, Indiana. They are we played them in high school. They're down in the area that I'm from. They have about 70 students or something in in the entire high school. So it's a very small school. Um, it kind of profiles um, a season in the life of this team and the troubles they go through and the struggles they go through. And it's real and it's, and it's some of it, a lot of it's sad. A lot of it is happy, but it is a, it is a good watch, a good film. And I, it, it's one that I always will recommend to people that like basketball films. So I was just going to throw that one out there uh, for anybody that wants to, to watch something. Um, but it is a documentary, 82 minute documentary, but it is a real movie i mean it is a real doc documentary um you will be sad you will be happy you'll be a little angry in some parts um but i highly recommend that film okay nice how do you spell it um m-e-d-o-r-a it's got okay. its own wikipedia page i know that um but it played south by southwest in 13 i think it was um it, it i saw it here it debuted and played here in indiana and they had the uh, 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 directors here and did a little Q&A with it. 
Um, and I knew a couple of people in the movie as well. Um, they played back in my hometown and showed a lot of the things that were going on, but yeah, it's, it's a good film. Um, highly recommend that one. Well, thank you, Kevin. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have to check it out. So, um, but I know that we've talked about this as well, but is there a genre that you for sure want to come back on? Oh, I mean, I will, I will talk about anything, (laughs) (laughs) right? but, um, I mean, of course, sci-fi horror and that sort of category, um, I'm even down for romance movies sometimes. Okay. Well, how about this? We'll definitely we'll definitely get you on horror because you're you're a big horror fan, I know. Um <clears throat> but yeah, other than that, I think this might cap us off for Hoosiers. Sweet. Yeah, that's a it's again, great movie. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. It's always a blast talking to you, man, off and on air. Um, Amanda, thank you again. You're great. Mm. <laughs> but other than that, I think we're going to call it a night. And uh, if you can, like I said, please follow my buddy's podcast here. They are great. Follow him on Twitter. This dude is fucking funny. So <laughs> <laughs> All the dad jokes. Yeah, he's got... He's uh, got he, I do have some dumb dad jokes, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's fucking great. We, we really enjoy our time with Kevin, so... But thank you guys for checking us out, and we'll see you in our last sports film coming up. Until then, keep it real. Bye.